Hi, and welcome to our first episode of No Life Like Show Life. My name is Leonie, I'm the senior editor of The Show Life, and I'm the host of this podcast as well. But it is not about me, it's about all the people and the topics in the European Western writing industry. And I'm so excited to welcome our first guest, Jadaza Jablonowski, called Darzi. We will talk about what it's like to show as a European writer in the United States. Dazi, can you introduce yourself real quick to our listeners? Hi, I'm Dazi. Um, my legal name is Yadaza Jablonowski, but as you could hear, it's hard to pronounce and it's sometimes even hard to spell for me. So I go by Dazi. Um, I'm a horse trainer and I'm specialized in training um, horses and students in the all-around uh, events in Europe. And um, I also show overseas in the US and I think that's the main topic of this podcast, right? Yes, and it's super interesting because um, I think that many of our readers and listeners are really fascinated by that. And one of your biggest accomplishments is that you are a Congress champion and you've shown successfully at many, many shows in the States. But when was the first time you actually went overseas to do something horse related? Well, that's a long time ago. It must have been like in 1994. At that time, I was training with Rebecca Algar. She was training over here in Europe, but she also had a ranch in Gainesville, Texas. And the horses she had in Texas were mainly cutting horses. So actually, when I went there, uh, I was riding a lot of cutting horses and we went to cutting horse shows and that was a lot of fun and I was I was just a kid and it was uh, the first endeavor in the horse industry in the United States. That's so exciting and so fun because in, in 1994 I was a year old so it's crazy <laughs> to think back. You know? Yeah I'm old I know. That's not what I wanted to say but you know it's such a long time ago and you've <laughs> done so much in the States and I think the horses you've shown recently were all trained by Hypon performance horses, right? But not by Rebecca. Right. Yeah. Well, um, as years went by, I um, went more and more in the all around events over here. Actually, the cutting was always hard to do um, and to train. So uh, my heart went on to do the all around and I was a, a successful youth competitor over here and yeah so actually I met I think it was in 2004 or 2005 Charlie would know the date better um, I met Charlie Cole he was judging um, the Italian championships and uh, he was judging the first part of it so when he was done judging he um told the competitors that he would be available asking or answering questions so I went there and, and we talked and Jolly is a very kind person so he invited me to come visit him at the ranch in Texas and learn more and um, that's how it all started I went there uh, to the ranch and I went there to help High Point at the shows Yeah, and uh, from there on, I um, I think from 2008 on, probably, uh, I went to every world show and some other shows just to help. My goal really was never to show there. 
my main goal was I wanted to become a better writer and I wanted to learn more um, over there to then be a better competitor over here. And yeah, and I think in 2012, I spent the whole winter at High Point and we did, um, I, I followed them to a lot of shows and helped them. But it was not until 2015 that I ever entered a show pen with a horse. And I also, as I said, it was not really uh, on my list that I was going there to do that. It just, it happened to um, be that way. And of course it was a nice change, but I still, I still go there because I, I want to become better and I um, want to learn. Of course now we are friends. Um, so I also miss going there because I miss seeing my friends, but um, that's how it all started. It sounds so cool. I think that many people probably dream of going to the States and, you know, helping at the big shows and even one day being able to show there. So do you remember, you said, I think in 2015 was the first time you've shown over there. Who was the mm -hmm. horse? Uh, it was at the Congress um, in Junior Hunter and Saddle. Um, his name was Hobbs. He was owned by the Porters and um, Beth had, I think, three junior horses that year. And yeah, they asked me if I wanted to show. And I was like, I don't understand the question. Of course I show. <laughs> well, at the Congress, I didn't make it out of my split. So um, and that was fine. And I also showed him at the World Show and um, I made it to the finals which was huge for me um, because you have to know that um, growing up in this industry, my longest dream, a dream that actually I would never really dare to dream or to speak out loud um, was to one day win a jacket. And um, while you get a jacket when you, when you're in the finals, um, at the Congress or if you're top 10 at the World Show. So I was finalist back then, so I got a vest, um, which was like the first step to, <laughs> to the jacket. And it's, it's funny how, how much that means to me. So the year after I showed um, Bobby, uh, his real name is Ain't God a Lot at the Congress. I showed him, actually, I showed him the day before. I showed him in the maturity and I didn't make it out of my split. So I asked Jason what I did wrong because everybody said I had a great ride and everything was good. And Jason said, well, you, you did great. It's just, you have to make sure that the judges see you because I don't know if any of you ever saw a video of a hunter and a saddle class at the Congress. There's a lot of horses in that pen. And so I was just, who covered up for uh, getting attention. And um, so the next day there was the senior hunter in the saddle. And before I walked in, I, I remember Jason telling me, make sure the judges see you. So that was my, actually my, the only thing I was thinking about was like, I have to get a spot where the judges will see me. It's still surreal for me, actually. I, I remember being in the lineup 
Um, so I made it out of my split. So I made the finals. And I have to tell another thing because making the finals, I already knew that I would get a jacket. So <laughs> for me, um, I had my long term life goal. It was achieved. So I was already fine. So I just went in and I, and I just I just wrote um, wrote Bobby and I had fun writing him in there. And so we were all um, lined up after the class. And um, so at the Congress, they first call the individual judges and they just call out the numbers. And I still remember my number that I had back then because they called 4562. And nobody moved and Beth was next to me and said Dali that's you go up there now <laughs> and I, was like, I checked my number and I couldn't believe it so um, I won under the first judge and then the calculation at the congress works that they just drop the low so in the total result actually Beth and I were tied um, but the tie judge is always the first judge so I won under the tie judge so it's it's still um, still incredible, and I also remember uh, I have to tell that part because it it just explains how much that jacket means to me. Before I walked in, there was Chris Lagerblade, and I asked her, "So I have a jacket, right?" And she said, "Yeah, you do have a jacket." And I, I was so thrilled already before writing it, and um, so when I came out after the class and Chris was there and she was like yeah I guess Dazi you got your jacket now <laughs> yeah and when I when I went to pick it up and got my name on it and I think the first two nights I slept in that jacket <laughs> so um that's that's a funny story I can totally understand that I probably would have done the exact same thing <laughs> <laughs> but as we all know this was not the only jacket so you were successful multiple times. And can you tell me what was your first thought when they asked you to show at the Congress? Were you nervous or were you merely excited because of, you know, being able to show at the Congress? Well, that's a really good question. I think that it was a mixture of feelings. Um, of course, I was thrilled and honored that they asked me um, because there's a lot of good writers in the States that can show. So um, I think I was so honored um, that they thought of me. And um, I also have to thank Jason and Beth and Charlie for that opportunity every day because um, it was not given that I was the only person that could show a horse. I guess I was a little bit nervous it was a different kind of nervous. It was a focused kind of nervous. I don't get that that nervousness where I cannot have my senses straight. But of course, I want. I didn't want to want to mess up. I wanted to do a good job, and I wanted to see. Oh, I wanted to show them that it was a good idea to ask me. Let's say. Let's put it that way. So that was the pressure that I put on myself to say I want to go out there and want to write good. Yeah, that was my main feelings before the class were, mm. were those, I think. Yeah, I can understand that. But I think like the Congress is such a special show and so big and <laughs> so different from everything happening in Europe. 
can you probably tell everyone what it's like to be there? I mean, I've been there. I know what it's like to be behind the scenes, but many, many people don't know and I think they want to know. So what does a typical day look like when you're in the States working for High Point Horses? Well, there is no typical day, but there's um, something that the days have in common, which is no sleep. <laughs> Actually, there's like oh, yeah. t-shirts that say no sleep October. <laughs> it's a long show, so it really, um, it's hard on your body because the reason for... Um, The lack of sleep is, first of all, the night riding schedule. So um, you can only get into the arena at night. And all horses that show the next day will go into the specific arena at night. And that's something probably a lot of people don't know about either. Because in the years um, when I was not uh, showing yet, And actually, I still did it also when, when I uh, showed for Beth. Um, I went with her young horses. Uh, I went into the arenas every night to just walk them in the arena. Sometimes I was so tired that I almost fell asleep walking. <laughs> But uh, so basically at night, um, you ride all the horses that will get ridden during the day. And then when the classes start, There's always a big board about um, the horses that show in which class and what draw they are on. So I just help to do what has to be done. It's, it, it can be lunging, it can be uh, saddling a horse, it can be warming up a horse, it can be um, anything, whatever needs to be done that day to help the people that show will be done. High Point is, is really a big... Um, it's a big barn and they have a lot of very good trainers and a lot of very good horses. So there's always a lot going on. And when you're in the aisle <laughs> at the high point stalls, there's always something that can be done. So there's never really a, a boring moment. And um, actually, that's the only reason you can do it, because you never really sit down and take a breath. You just go, 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 go. And get the things done that have to do have to be done that day what was the main thing that made showing in the states different from showing in europe for you i think for sure it's it's different because the horse there's more horses it's bigger um the classes are bigger um and that's different just from um from the size of the shows um, for me personally, what is what is different is when I go to the states. I'm um, I'm one part of a team, and when I'm over here, I'm the boss of a team. <laughs> so actually, I don't really need to do decision making when I'm over there. I just when I'm not sure about how they want something to be done, I just ask and they tell me how they want it to be done, and I can do that. So it's kind of a But role then, shift. Yes, and it's actually that's uh, it's refreshing sometimes <laughs> to know yeah, I, I don't have so. to I don't have to make that decision. Um, so, but apart from that, it's a it's a huge show and it's it's a long show. Um, it's not much different, I would say, because showing is showing, 
And most of the times I, I come back from Aachen and I have most of the things pre-packed for the Congress and I just wash a couple of things that I used in Aachen and then um, fly out the next day. So I'm already going in with a lack of sleep. <laughs> so I try to not <laughs> get off the um, horse show mode, which is really what I would call it and what you really need is you have to switch your mode and say, okay, now I'm in horse show mode and it's, it's fine. I think, I, I think I just, I'm used to it and it doesn't surprise me. So I know exactly what, um, what it means to go to a horse show and I'm, I'm ready to do that. So it doesn't surprise me anymore. Yeah. Let's say it that way. <laughs> you know, you know what to expect, right? I mean, Aachen is hard as well sometimes, I think, especially for a trainer. So you just have to keep going, as you just said. Yes, yes, exactly. But I think, you know, all the memories kind of make it worth all the lack of sleep and those long hours and crazy, crazy days. So what are some of your happiest memories from showing in the States? Well, of course, I mean, I would lie if I would say uh, the winning is not important because, of course, it is. So, um Yeah, sure. I'm a three-time Congress champion, two-time reserve champion. And of course, I mean, winning a globe at the uh, World Show, that was, of course, also a big, happy moment. But apart from that, I, I really, I spend a lot of um, time with the people there. And I would absolutely say that some of my best friends live over there. Um, so connected to the um, United States, I have a lot of moments that are more friendship related. Like, for example, the horse shows in Vegas are great because you go, um, you can go out at night and have fun with your friends. And um, happy moments are for me when I play cards with uh, Charlie and Jason or when we go to the movies and we talk a lot and we And not about horses. We talk about life and about um, what what life is about. So I value those moments just as much, or I would say more than the trophies I won. Nevertheless, uh, the trophies are great. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. I mean, not gonna lie, right? <laughs> not gonna lie. <laughs> But I mean, you just mentioned all your success over there, and it's. I mean, it's really something you can be proud of and something that is really, really cool. And, you know, I think I, I'm jealous. I, I'll say it. I'm honest. I'm really, really jealous. But do you still have any dreams, you know, any goals you want to fulfill in the States? Or are you like, okay, I've, I've reached everything I wanted. I got my jacket. Yeah, right. So I just wanted to say, well, actually, I got my jacket and I, um, <laughs> I got more than one. It's not, no, I don't really have that. I say I need to do this to uh, feel better in life. I, I'm fine the way it is. And honestly, I could from now on also just go there and visit my friends and, and help. It was, as it has never been my reason to go there, it still is not my reason to go there, um, is to show and to be successful It will happen if it's supposed to happen again. But it's not that I say I, I need to be a world champion one day. I I think I'm I'm fine with the yeah, with the achievements I had in my life. 
So not that I'm going to retire, don't get me wrong, but um, it's, it's not that I absolutely uh, need more. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, I think that's a good attitude, right? But do you plan on going over again? I mean, it's crazy at the moment, right, with all the COVID? Yeah, actually, I learned to not plan right now, oh, yeah. <laughs> which keeps me in a happy spot, kind of. I know that as soon as traveling will be easier again, I will go to Texas to visit my friends because there was such a bummer the last time I went there. Uh, the one of the giraffes were, was in foal and I said, well, as soon as the baby is born, I will jump on the next plane. And um, she was born last year in February. And then when I was starting to make plans to fly over, COVID started. So now the giraffe is in foal again or in baby because I don't even know if it's called in foal with a giraffe. Well, uh, whatever. She will have another baby in, um, I think, in October or November. So I, I want to go back and I want to see my friends. If it happens to be close to a horse show, I will for sure also do a horse show or um, generally make a plan. I, I really do not have a plan about showing because I, I couldn't make one. But um, I, will, I will go over there again for sure. And um, if there's a show I can go to, I will also go there. You just mentioned the giraffes. And I think that probably not everybody knows that. But High Point basically has a little zoo, right? Can you tell us what animals they have? Yeah, um, that's, that's funny because when I was, uh, when I went there the first time, I think it was just the tortoises and maybe a couple of minis. They have a camel, uh, they have kangaroos, they have, I think it's called a capapiri or two or three of them actually. Um, they have a sloth. So it's, uh, it is a little zoo and it, it's, it's, It's a great part of, uh, of going there is uh, seeing all the animals. And there's a big pond where they have uh, all kinds of ducks. It's wonderful to see how much they love animals and how much they do for their animals. And It sounds so cool. I think it's hard to imagine for anyone living here in Germany to like have a zoo at a ranch, you know. But it's really cool. And looking at all the pictures, I really want to see it one day as well. But let's Yeah, it's, a, it's absolutely worth, um, worth going there, not only for the horses, but yeah. um, for the animals, for sure. It's like a full trip of vacation with lots of sightseeing in different ways, right? <laughs> yes, yes, right. I went to, we, we did some road trips, um, Charlie, Jason, Dan and I. Um, so we did a road trip in Italy, we went to Prague, we went to uh, Paris, and they came visit me in Munich. And it was funny when, when we were here in Munich, I was like, well, what, what would you like to see? And, and Charlie was like, can we go to the zoo? <laughs> <laughs> so we did. And so um, it's really, it's, it's a big thing for them is, is animals. They didn't care about seeing the like Munich sightseeing tour. They wanted to go to Munich Zoo. So that's funny. It's really funny, yeah. 
let's get back to this not so funny topic of COVID. How did you spend those last months? I mean, everyone was basically trapped at their homes, right? Hardly any shows. So what did you do? Yeah, well, um, I rode the horses and um, actually I, um, I wrote a book, which I already started during the first lockdown. And then during summer, I, uh, it was, the weather was nice and I like to golf more than <laughs> to yeah. ride. But now um, during winter, actually, I um, put every free minute that I had in writing that book and I'm I'm extremely proud of how it um how it came along so that's uh, was an exciting part because I'm I'm not a writer and I really had to uh work my way in and work my way through and there was exciting moments and um yeah it it, it was quite a process <laughs> can you can you share the topic with us or maybe like you know, little yeah. secrets about it? No, absolutely. I, I'd love to talk about it. <laughs> you can't stop me talking about my book right now. It's not about Western writing. It's about writing in general. And it's about um, what is a horse? What do all horses have in common? What are, What's different from horse to horse? And um, because I think a horse is a horse and riding is riding no matter what saddle we put on the back. And it also brings us to what is a rider, the rider's obligation towards the horse, which should always be to strengthen the body. I explain why and I also explain how it works. I, I reveal a little bit of my program or actually I reveal the whole program, which I base on rhythm, uh, body position and shape. Good to know. And Yes. Um, and that actually is completely non-Western related. It works the same on every horse. Um, I am in a dressage and jumping barn and... Um, sometimes I help the dressage horses there and they just they work just the same way the book has different parts um i start speaking about horses and about people or humans also with their, their instincts um and how we learn how they learn and where the instinct our instincts go in conflict and then there's um there's the last part of uh the book where actually which i think is the most interesting part is um with all those individuals uh, there's a lot of scenarios that can happen so what can happen when a horse meets uh, a person <laughs> kind of so it's it, it's funny i it's written funny um in a modern language my goal is to help everybody to understand the horse better and to understand themselves better, to to be able to become a better rider. Sounds really cool. I love reading so much. So I have to ask, where can I get it once it's done? It's done, but I cannot answer that question yet. Mm. <laughs> I will. I will for sure let you know as soon as those des decisions are made. Oh, that sounds cool. I think book writing is a very exciting process. You know, like. I'm still excited to look behind the next doors that um, 
that will come along through the process of um, being able to buy it. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm really excited to see what else the future holds for you. I mean, you're a Congress champion, you've worked for High Point, you've been crazily successful in Europe as well, and now you're writing a book. What's next? I don't know. I probably, um, I'm planning to also write a book about writing Western, which actually there's hey. nothing about that in that book. But um, so the first book um, will be the, basic communication between uh, the horse and the rider and then um, there will be more specific topics I I'm planning to work through um, but now I first want to get the first one done <laughs> and then I can think about the next one and um, yeah I think my my main thing I hope that I will be allowed to give clinics again I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to do that again much more because that is uh, a true passion of mine to help those people with their horses wherever they wherever they are at right now because I know how it is to have a problem and can to not find a solution. So I'm always happy to give people the solution and it's very rewarding when people cry or smile or um, are so happy that um, that they made the next step in their career of riding and I'm always happy to be part of that yeah I can believe that I so hope that we can be able to go to clinics soon go to shows learn more things and you know get back to normal but as you said planning is hard but I hope that we will at least see each other again soon probably maybe at a horse show maybe at a clinic who knows but yes first of all thank you so much for being my first guest and um, I hope you enjoyed well, it as much as I did oh yeah absolutely thank you so much for having me I also feel honored to be the first one and uh, it was it was fun because it was also my first podcast so um, it's a first for for me and for the show live so yeah it's a lot of firsts <laughs>